podcast. My name is Roscoe. I'm really glad you're here today. Thank you for coming. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, that was weird. Joining me is Miles Thompson. Hello, Roscoe. Hi, how are you then? I'm okay, thank you. And yourself? Why do you sound like Ebenezer Scrooge? I don't know. Okay, Just that is odd. That is odd. Yeah, yeah. It's just creeping out now. Wow. Edit it out if you want. And uh, now I'm going to leave that in just so the whole world can hear your oh. weird, creepy pedo voice. I'm sure they're really going to appreciate that. And Bob, I absolutely no doubt. How on earth are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, sir. Not too bad. What about yourself? Wow. I think that's the first time you've ever asked me. Well, I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a horrible um, person. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. Wow. You're most welcome. Wow. Sean's going to be fuming. Sorry, Sean. Got to pretend I'm a nice person at least once, you know. Mm. Hello. I feel like you said cat, but I think you said it so high that my um, microphone cut out. Oh, okay. Cat. There you go. Is that better? Cat. Yeah. Ross. Yeah. Hello. How okay, good. Doing? I'm not going to do the creepy goblin voice that Miles did. No, please um, don't. No, no. Because no. he sounded like the... That, you know, the, oh, uh, blanks me the little troll off of Lord of the Rings. Gollum. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> the little troll of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> How are you? Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Sean can ask. Never mind. <laughs> oh, okay. How are you though? I'm I'm good. I'm hot. Like in temperature, it is it is the UK is in the oven. It is frighteningly hot yeah. at the moment, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, we've got like an. I, I didn't even know that you could have an amber warning for heat. That's how strange the UK is right now. We've been given an amber warning in the southwest. Mm. Yeah, not happy with that. Yeah. My fan is on 24-7 at the moment. I don't and, have uh, a fan. Oh, get a fan. Oh, will you be my fan? I'm your fan. <laughs> I think you're okay. Thanks. You're okay too. Thanks. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and rounding off, Mr. Sean Davies. Hi. Oh, yeah. How's it going, mate? I'm all right. I really just want a fan that just goes, you're okay. That's the kind of fan I'm after, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not not you're good, or, you know, I really enjoy your content, right? And just, yeah. you're okay. No, I've got to keep, you know, cats just coming in, storming the podcast. I've got to keep her feet on the ground, you know? Leveled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to go into YGN just yet, do we, you know? No, no, no. <laughs> With my kids' results, that's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> I can't be like seeing Cat in Taunton and be like, hey, Cat, and she be like, don't talk to me and you know walk away. So yeah, I'm I'm sat here in my pants um, because the stoke is also like a, an oven, so it is stinky, sweaty season all over the country. I think I feel, yeah. and um, I'm not going to ask you how you are, Ross, because you've already told Toby. No, not Toby, Mister Anderson, Mister Thompson. <laughs> no, we have to. He's wrong. This is probably a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> the, the names now. Yeah, Toby and Mars are basically the same person in my head. We are one now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, get, it does get confusing. Well, yeah, good. Good. I'm glad everyone's just as hot as everyone else. It's a shame this isn't a video podcast, really. I know. It's still sweating it's on really the video. Not. really not. <laughs> uh, right then, let's kick off with uh, Game of the Week. Miles, your Game of the Week. So mine is Sniper Elite VR. Sniper yeah, Sniper, as you lovingly dubbed it, which was an excellent name. I don't know why I didn't think of it myself earlier, so well done to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was very jealous of that. Um, yeah, so it's Sniper Elite, only it's right in front of your face, and you get to technically try and hold the gun when it decides to be held. 
it's like a very aggravated animal when you pick it up and then you try to give it a hug and then it scratches at your face so it's a bit like what your rifle will do to you um but it was actually a lot of fun when it worked so it's like a series of missions um kind of loosely connected with like an overarching story which is okay at best but it, it's pretty weak it's not really worth bothering to play if you're going into it for story but then no one plays sniper elite for story anyway um and yeah you just get a mix of kind of rifles um the usual kind of assault rifles shotguns pistols uh panzer shreks are in there too um some of the levels are more linear so you just kind of stroll through and then snipe some dudes other ones are a bit more open and expensive so there'll be a couple of many little side things you can do but it's nothing major um but I was quite impressed with it in terms of its scope and the accessibility options are really good on it. I played it with the max comfort settings because um, a lot of VR games do trigger a lot of nausea for me. Um, so this was one I had to play in kind of small bursts, but it was quite impressive how they managed to lo add loads of different options to make it more comfortable. Um, and there's just a real satisfaction, like in the regular Sniper Elite games of, you know, when you nail a headshot and you get to see like the upfront, like uh, anatomic destruction and like it going through bones and stuff. And then when you see it in VR, you can actually like set the option on where you can follow the bullet. So it puts your camera right, like your face right behind the bullet and you just see it enter and like cave in someone's liver. And there's just something intrinsically satisfying and disgusting about it. Um, so it was a lot of fun, but it does come with a caveat of the motion controls are a mess on PlayStation's VR. Um, I think it's a little bit better from what I've heard on the Oculus. Um, and with the aim control, apparently it's a tiny bit better, but not much. Um, and there's even like a nice little touch where you like reload the weapon yourself. So you kind of pull the bolt back and you put the clip in and all that kind of stuff. So it was a good fun and it is a well-designed game. The only issue I had with it is that it kind of gatekeeps you at the end. You have to earn like, you can earn up to three stars for each mission and you get to like a certain point in the story. And then it's like, right, you need to go back and get this amount of stars to carry on. And I was like, why, why are you making me go back to replay stuff for no reason? Um, so yeah, there's a couple of caveats to it, but is an actual VR game. It was very, very good. Um, I just think when the technology, hopefully when the PSVR 2 comes out and they've got the motion tracking down a little bit better, I think that kind of game is going to be perfect because sniping and VR in theory is, you know, spot on. It should be a really, really good time. And it was, um, but yeah, room for improvement with it, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a good shout. And I'm quite glad I mentioned to you in passing that I had a VR system now just so I could play it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, what was it like putting VR on again after a while? Yeah, it was, um, you kind of settle into it quite quickly. Um, but like the motion sickness is the thing that you get acclimatized to. So having mm. not played it for a few months, it was quite quick that I was getting that kind of nausea feeling. Um, so I just had to like limit myself to like half an hour sessions or, you know, I'd leave it for a couple hours and come back to it and play another couple levels. Um, some of the levels are only five minutes long and you're kind of stationary. You're just like in a sniper perch and you're just popping dudes. And those ones are absolutely fine. Um, but the other levels that are more expensive, there is like stealth and you do have to like sneak around and shoot dudes and the stealth mechanics are shit. So you just end up trying to gun everyone down, which is great, <laughs> but it's just annoying that you can't actually stealth in a VR game because it just doesn't work. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a mix and match. Like some levels could take up to 30 minutes to do. Um, so those ones were a bit tougher to get through, but the smaller ones were better, I think. Okay, cool. Well, awesome. can I can I quickly ask what's yeah. the what's the movement? Is it like do you use the D pad to move, so or you is can, it like the teleport thing? Yeah, so you get both options. So you can either move freely as you normally would, and you can use either the move controllers, the aim controller, or the dual shock. Um, I didn't use the dual shock; I used the move controllers because um, I didn't actually know you could use the dual shock at first until the very end. Um, stupid me. 
Um, but yeah, you get the option. You can either use teleport, which I use because that helps with the nausea, or you can use free movement if you want to as well. Again, it gives you the kind of option to play out however you want to with what you're comfortable with. Cool. Do you know, do you know when you're moving, um, like, say, so did you use the free move at all? Uh, no, I tested it like at the very end, but I didn't use it properly, to be fair. Okay, just one quick question about it then. Did it did it darken the edge of the screen when you moved? Uh, I can't remember. Okay. Don't think so, but I can't remember. I can go back on it and test it if you want me to. No, it's, it's okay. It's just it's just one of the tricks that I've seen a lot of VR games do is where they darken because uh, it's your peripheral vision that makes you sick. All right. Um. So what they do is they kind of darken the outside of the the field of view, so uh, that basically okay. you don't get sick because you can't see it. Um. I was just wondering if because I found I found some games make me sick, but if they do that darkening thing around the edge of the screen, yeah, I never get sick. I think it's like that just perfect. Been. Because when I play Blood and Truth, I couldn't play that for very long either. I think for that reason, because it doesn't blur the edges, you're just moving. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, like whenever it would like slide me across the ground, my brain would be like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> and yeah. so I'd have to like stop playing after like 20 minutes maximum. But yeah, this one was a bit more comfortable. But yeah, I think the free movement, given the amount of options that are on there, it probably was on there to do that, I'd imagine. And, and my last question for you about this game. Yeah. When you, when you put the camera on to track the bullet... Yeah. Did you actively avoid shooting anyone in the nuts because you knew that you'd have to watch it <laughs> up close and personal? No, I'm a masochistic fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I purposely aim for both the balls. There's actually a trophy for hitting both testicles in one shot. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was savage. I was like, I put it straight on at that option and I started firing away. I wasn't... The thing is, like, it's really hard to aim proper precisely. So if you do hit someone in the nuts, it's more of like you aim in the vicinity and hope that you hit it. Um, and yeah, I just it was just a random shot and I got someone right in the balls. And I was like, oh, mate, now I just feel horrendous about myself. But kind of have to do it, you know? It's not really, it's got to be done. Fair enough. Thank you very much. <laughs> no worries. That's a system seller right there. Yeah, I mean, nut shots on VR. What else could you want? What else could you want? Sniper Elite VR, go get it. Uh, Kat, what's your game of the week? I mean, just going back to that, if ever guy, if any guy ever does me wrong again, I'm going to buy Sniper Elite VR just to take out my my anger on and be like, yeah, I'm going to shoot some random random blokes in the balls. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Don't fuck with uh, Kat. Yeah, don't fuck with Kat because I'll I'll play a game and I will metaphorically shoot you in the balls. Yeah. Talk <laughs> yeah. shit about Taylor Swift now, bitch. See what happens. Yeah. Don't talk shit about Taylor Swift. That's right. That <laughs> That's what we've, yeah. Okay, um, so my game of the week is called Out of Line. It is a 2D puzzle uh, kind of side scroller where you uh, kind of follow the adventures of this little dude called San who has, I guess, been trapped in some sort of kind of mechanical factory and you have to help him out. And you, um, you have to, you get this kind of little spear and your spear is kind of the key to everything. It will help you uh, kind of navigate your way through uh, the levels so you might use it to jump on top of higher ledges or you might use it to press buttons to throw out to press buttons and you might use it to kind of lasso kind of stuff um closer to you or um to lasso yourself to another ledge um i didn't know what to expect when i played this actually i i'm not the greatest fan of puzzle games but i actually do quite like them so it's um i like them as long as they're not ridiculously hard for no reason i, I find sometimes a lot of puzzle games they'll have like one or two and they'll ease you in and they'll just push you off a cliff and then it'll be like haha no you can be in the deepest darkest puzzle and you can never get out we'll see you later and i hate that 
and it's just like why have you made this unnecessarily difficult and actually out of line never did that and I've just kind of come back onto just to kind of because I don't really read any reviews while I'm writing a review um but I I just literally as as Miles was talking there kind of looked at some of the reviews and there's savage reviews on it and I've just got to say guys you, you're entitled to your opinion but it's okay to be wrong you know it's okay it's all right um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely stunning for an indie game. Like, absolutely stunning. And um, yeah, just that you can kind of the background, you can see kind of, I guess, what looks like brush strokes. And I just love that. I love the intricate like, kind of little designs and nothing is ever boring to look at in that game. Um, it's a very short game. It's probably the best short game I've ever played across any console. Um, and that includes, you know, Edith Finch and all, all that jazz I actually really really liked uh, they're great games but I, I really liked Out of Line and it's just a happy little kind of game it's not too difficult but it's not too easy it's challenging there was possibly one puzzle where I wanted to throw my switch against a wall about 10 minutes before the end but I did get through it um yeah and the dangers are not ridiculously hard the puzzles aren't all the same so it's something that I found with Lucky Tail um which is a PS4 or 5 Xbox game um cross-gen console uh game that's very similar to kind of the Spyro kind of collector from type stuff is that the kind of puzzles are very similar you kind of have the same puzzle but you might just have one added kind of little extra onto it and actually out of line doesn't do that at all every single puzzle is different um and I really like that so great game, great little short game, beautifully designed for an indie game. It wasn't clunky. It wasn't, you know, my Switch kind of made me die a couple of times because I've got Joy-Con drift. But, you know, it was it was buttery loveliness. The only element that I would say kind of had its downfall was that I had kind of no idea what was going on <laughs> until the very, very end. And I'm sure that's probably maybe the point, I guess, a little bit. And that's fine for some people, but... I feel like there is a great story behind it. It's just, I think what they want you to do is kind of lead up to your interpretation of what is going on and what is happening and what is the end, which I'm not going to spoil for anybody. And that's fun, but also I'd like some direction too. Even if I can do that, I wouldn't want it to be 100%. Okay, what's going on here? Um, so I guess that's the only thing that I would like to see in a sequel, um, if they did do a sequel. But other than that, great little short game. If you fancy a little puzzle game on your... In a, in a little road trip or you know just like puzzle games or side scroller games or little side scroller adventure games couldn't recommend it enough and that's a really a great nice. thing about a review as well is that i've lately i've had a lot of codes where i've kind of sat in the middle um kind of sixes kind of five sixes sevens and they're they're the hardest to write because you're like yeah blah, blah, blah. but actually I've, i've really enjoyed writing this because i was like yeah this is great and this is great and i'm a fan of you and i'm a fan of you and i'm a fan of this it's fab mm. Yeah, it's much easier to write a review of a game that you love because you just want to tell everyone about it. Yeah, it was a good game. Good, good and, little uh, game. Yeah. My Night of the Woods review is like three and a half thousand words long. It's absolutely absurd. <laughs> but I just couldn't stop. What game what, what game was that? Night in the Woods. Oh, Night in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's an absolute masterpiece. Uh nice. That's um out of line, which is out on Switch now. Yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, yeah, out now. And uh, you can read my review on fingerguns.net. Oh hell yeah, you can. Oh, I forgot to tell you, Sean, Miles has opinions on what remains of Edith Finch. So we're going to have to duke that out one day. Looking forward to uh, seeing where that goes. No. <laughs> it's not I'm allowed. I'm the same as Miles, though. So, I mean, because uh, I think I was the one who brought it up. I think you are, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Getting kicked off the podcast. I'll see you guys later. It's In fact, you know what? Cat can be the spokesperson, Sean. You can have it out with Cat. I'll just no, thank you. sit on the sideline. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> 
Uh, Sean, your game of the week. My game of the week is F1 2021, which is out now. I think it came out late last week. It's a Formula One game. And I should be telling you right now that it's the same as every other year because that's pretty much the way that these games go. You know, they're Formula and the Dynasty Warriors and, you know, the, the FIFA, you know, they cheer them out every year. They're the same because they've reached the pinnacle of the best thing that they can do with this game. Only F1 2021 is actually better than, you know, last year's and the year before. Last year was a bit of a stopgap because, of, you know, the, the world stopped. So last year was, you know, a, a decent entry into it. But this year is a massive step forward because of one particular aspect is a narrative mode called Breaking Point, which is basically the F1 equivalent of FIFA's The Journey you play as a team of racers across a narrative that basically sees this young upcoming Formula 2 racer join a team in Formula 1 alongside a, a grizzled veteran. And there is a a character returning from uh, F1 2019, the story mode, sorry, they're like the career mode villain. I think his name's Devon Butler. Um, but he, he tries to mess with this team. And you get to see seasons from different characters' perspectives. Um, and it's it's actually really well written and really well put together. Um, it's, it's a decent mode that kept me kind of... It, it, these kind of games I usually pick up, have a couple of races, try six, seven races in a career, try the, the F1 mode and whatever it is, you know, make my own team, etc. And then I feel like I'm done with it. But this breaking point really brought me in got me encapsulated of the entire experience and the thing is each race has got its own objective and sometimes you'll start on you know the starting grid and have to do 15 laps to finish the race and in others you'll drop in halfway through a race because the story needs for that to happen and you're like you've got a broken gearbox and you've got to nurse that all the way to the finish line or you've got to pass a particular race car before a number of laps and if you do so you'll trigger a story event on the track it's a, it's a really great mode, um, and I, I said in my review, F1 2021 is the most essential Formula One game for some time, and it's quite a, quite a triumph for the first game to come out of the marriage between Codemasters and EA, and that was mm. really really jarring to, to see EA Sports. It's in the game before a Formula One game again. It's been mm. like twenty years. But yeah, it was a great game. Uh, reviews up now on the website. If you want to go and read it, you can do. I put some words there. It's a it's a great game. If you if you like racing games, even if even if you got last year's and you you don't think it's you know it's just an upgrade to the teams and library or whatever, though it's it's actually worth a go this year. It's definitely worth a go. And that's the best thing you can say about the game. Cool. How about yeah. you? What's your game of the week? EA Sports. At the start of an F1 game, it's weird, isn't it? Feels like it's been a long time. It has. It's been yeah. way. I mean, you know, EA are becoming the home of sports, really, aren't they? You know, basketball, football, yeah. American football, racing. I mean, if they get older, they're like the rally license season. You know, they'll. I mean, I don't think they want the tennis license because <laughs> <laughs> AO tennis is awful. But um, you know, they they could uh, really corner the market on sports games if they wanted to. Absolutely. Uh, my game of the week is a Xbox Game Pass game called Blood Roots. 
this is a game which launched on the service last week. And I was kind of sat on my Xbox looking for something to play. And I liked the title. I watched the trailer and it looked like a right kind of barrel of laughs. And it absolutely is. This game is an absolute blast. It's an asymmetrical action game. Um, one hit kill, die and retry. So you go out, you have to take revenge on this army of people because they betrayed you or something. I don't, I'm not really following the story. I'm not in it for the story at all. It's just the gameplay, which is a lot of fun. And you go around and you slice and dice people with anything you can find. Um, there's either blades or axes or tables or the legs of the tables or the carrots that are on top of the tables or things that you can just find anywhere that you can use as a weapon. You one-hit kill your enemies and move on to the next bit. If you die, you've got to retry that section of the level again. Just keep going and going and going, die and retry, die and retry, die and retry until you get to the end. And it's so much fun. So if you have Xbox Game Pass, highly recommended. Go check out Bloodroots. And I'm really, really enjoying it. It's a game that I'm currently sort of picking up for half an hour, getting through the odd level here and there. And I'm really enjoying it. It's been a while since I've done that game where I'm sort of sitting around wondering what to do and go, oh, I'll, I'll play some good roots. And yeah, putting it up for half an hour to an hour and just uh, finding all these imaginative, unique ways to kill your enemies. It's it's a lot of fun and uh, well worth checking out. So if you have Game Pass, even if you don't, I think it's £20 on the Xbox store. Uh, well worth a go. That's uh, Blood Roots. Check it out because it's a lot of fun. Uh, right then, let's crack on with... We missed it last week, but now it's back. Mr. Sean Davies, the fastest finger quiz. Let's go. Let's do a quiz. The rules are thus. I'm going to read a question, and these guys are going to buzz and get an answer. And if they get it right, they get a point. Just like any other quiz, really. I don't know what I'm telling you. Anyway, <laughs> let's hear your buzzers. Ross, what is your buzzer this week? What happened anyway? Cool. I like that you're sticking with Sonic. That's helpful. Thank you. It just it just loads up in my in my bookmarks, so you know. Fair enough. There it is. Uh, Miles, what do you have for me this week? Did you hear that? I oh, did okay. not. Oh, I mean, oh goodness! <laughs> Only Miles. I, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, are you pressing the right thing? Are you accidentally <laughs> pressing on a video? <laughs> oh, God, you never do a up. quiz, yeah? Yeah. It's autocorn, you know? Okay. Okay. Cat? <laughs> Sticking with the normal. Thank you very much. Okay. So we've got Sonic, Pikachu, and orgasms. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> that. that is a Reddit. That's a subreddit. If I ever We're lowering the tone. <laughs> okay. Question one: The original Tomb Raider game was set across four zones. They were Atlantis, Peru, Greece, and which other country? Cat, I feel like you're the only one here. Should get you this. really should know this, Cat. <laughs> this is outrageous. The thing is, you original Tomb Raider, I think that one sucks. Um, I'll buzz it anyway. Do you, do you guys know it and you're just waiting for me to do it? No, no, you carry oh, on. It's Egypt. It is. Well oh, done. See? Oh Easy. I, I thought Egypt straight away and I was like, nah, it's too simple. And then... <laughs> it's too simple. It's too simple. Sean's obviously tricking me. <laughs> And that is the end of today's quiz. I'm the winner. Good day to you all. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay, question two. In the Crash Bandicoot games, what is the name of the multicolored fruit that the marsupial can (laughs) call? Fuck you, Mars. A wampa fruit. Correct. Spell it. 
WUMPA. He's done it as well. Yeah. Uh... Fair enough. <laughs> okay, question three. From what series is this quote from? You're not a snake and I'm not an ocelot. We're men. Cat? Is that not Metal Gear Solid? It's nice. Good. Well done. What is happening right now? Oh my God, guys. Oh my God, guys. I'm going to lead, okay? Just stand <laughs> yourselves down, okay? <laughs> okay, question four. Which Resident Evil game saw the first appearance of Claire Redfield? What happened anyway? Miles? Resident Evil 2? Correct. Okay, question Shit. five. I need, to, I need to step up here. <laughs> question five. Second Sight and Time Splitters were developed by which studio? Fucking fuck. I know. Uh, Radical. Correct. Well done. I didn't hear orgasm sound there, Miles. I did play it, but I don't think my mic always catches it. <laughs> I heard it. And that was... There we go. That, that'll do. Okay, question six. Uh, which action-adventure stealth video game originally released on the PS1 is literally translated as Divine Retribution from Japanese? <gasps> okay, Kat. It's okay. Deep breaths. Okay. Were you just panting? Yeah, because right. Okay. I just wanted just, to confirm. Just buzz in. Just if you if you obviously, but I've it's like a, something that I got told like last year, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool, and then it comes up. Any guesses? I'm gonna count down: five, four, three, two, one. Eh, eh. What it's is that? Tenchu. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Question seven. Genji Days of the Blade, Resistance Full of Man, and Motorstorm were all launch titles for which console? What happened anyway? Miles? The PlayStation 3. Correct. I was fucking first then. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Host Roscoe's coming back. Question it's not eight. my fault that my buzzer is longer than Miles' is, okay? <laughs> oh, dear. Sometimes when I press my buzzer, it actually copies it instead, and I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. I just want to play it. So if I shout Pika, that's going to be enough, okay? <laughs> okay. I'm not going to be able to tell the difference, let's be honest. Um, question eight. In Pac-Man, which ghost always leaves the box first? And we'll take either the name or the colour. I mean, this is a guessing game at this point, isn't it? Let's, but, let's just pick the blue one. Incorrect. <sighs> Miles? The yellow one? Incorrect. Ross, you now have a 50-50 chance of getting <laughs> uh, The red one. That is correct, but you didn't buzz, so... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I was the only I'm one you don't need to buzz. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh my God. Roscoe's got a revolt. I was going to say pink, and I was like, is that going to be allowed? I, was like, I don't even know if there is a pink one. <laughs> there, there is a pink one. He's called Pinky. How is that? Yeah. Uh, it was red or blinky. Okay. Question nine. The Skeld, Polis, and the Airship are all maps from which popular social deduction game? Social deduction? The Skeld, Polis, and the Airship are all maps from which popular social deduction game? Oh my god. No guesses? Wait. No. No guesses. Is it not going to be among us? Is that not like a map? I, I don't know what you mean by social deduction game. Does that mean when people don't talk to each other and they kill each other every so often? What happened I mean, anyway? Ross? Among Us. 
Correct. Yeah, Gene. That's not fair. If only you didn't think out loud, do you know? Oh god. Okay. Oh my god, is it actually going to fuck you, Ross? Now I'm gonna be last week. If Ross wins this, he didn't. <laughs> Question ten. John Claude Van Damme plays which character in the Street Fighter? What game? happened anyway? Ross? Guile. Correct. Guile. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is I fucking buzz like we're supposed to, cat. Sorry, sorry. Okay, question eleven. The tie-in movies for Far Cry, Postal, and Alone in the Dark were all directed what by... What happened anyway? Ross? Ubol. Correct. What the fuck? Okay, question 12. Which Game of Thrones actor starred as a villain in Call of Duty Infinite Warfare? What happened anyway? Miles? Kit Harrington. Correct. Question 13. Canto... Galar and Johto are all regions in which game series? Cat? <laughs> Correct. Ruling. That was a game away. Um, okay, question 14. The combined smartphone and handheld game console, the Engage, oh. released by which company? What's happening here? Ross? Nokia. Correct. Oh, yeah. Damn. I had one. It was awful. Yeah, I had one as well. <laughs> I could see it in my head and I was like, what was that shit console from? Although it was the first ever time I had a ringtone that could be an MP3, so I had Going Under by Evanescence as my ringtone for about two years. It was great. Jesus Christ. Hell yeah. You were just one of them kids I just never would have hung around with. <laughs> oh man, that's really mean. <laughs> Jesus. He was. I knew him. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, question 15. Who played the Games Master in the 90s? What happened anyway? Ross? Patrick Moore. Correct. Sir Patrick Moore. I'll take Patrick Moore. It's cool. Okay. Thanks, man. Question 16. What is the name of the building that Jesse Faden explores in 2019's Control? Uh, was that oh. Miles? It was. It is the... Oh, fuck. What's it called? Boo! That is some world-class story there. Anyone else? What's even really bad about this is that I'm playing it at the moment because I haven't played it for like two weeks. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to read the question again. To give you a little oh, bit of time. oh, 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 wait a minute. What happened anyway? Ross? The oldest house. Oh, that's it. Fuck. Yeah. Okay, question 17. Complete the name of the game. Legend of Zelda, Phantom. What happened anyway? Ross? Hourglass. Correct. Okay. Question 18. Amicia and Hugo are... <gasps> what happened anyway? Cat? I think so. Correct. That isn't the full title. Yeah, that's not the full title. Oh, fine, Mimi. It takes tell innocence. Fuck off. <laughs> 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 it's too hot for this, Ross. You've got to make you earn it. <laughs> okay. Question 19. What console was the first Final Fantasy game originally released on? What happened anyway? Ross? The NES? Correct. Oh. And question 20. The infamous W Wu-Tang Clan controller, which oh. was released alongside the Wu-Tang Clan Shaolin-style game, was compatible with which console? <laughs> <laughs> 
Cat? I mean, at this point, it's a guess, isn't it? So let's just say PlayStation. Correct. Oh, <laughs> fuck it, Al. Okay, let's count them up. Right, Cat got uh, one, Wait, there are five two. PlayStation consoles. What the hell? I'm sorry, Ross. Did you buzz in and answer any of the PlayStation consoles? No, you didn't. Shh. It, the, 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 the console was PlayStation. Yeah. It yeah, I suppose it was. Yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Sit down. Right, cat, cat got one, two, uh, three. If I've lost by one, I'm four, actually going to go over to Ross's house. Five. Wow, more, wow, more than one. Well done, cat. cat got five. I actually tied with Miles the other week. I'll let you know. Miles, I also one, got one. Two, three, four, five. Five. What? Oh, man. <laughs> Which must mean that Ross got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You're becoming. Eight, oh, oh. Nine. nine. Oh. Really oh. eight. <laughs> and yeah, I really got really six. Eight. <laughs> I had such a good start as well. And it tailed off massively. Oh, I thought I'd found myself today. Look at that. You shouldn't. Thanks. Oh, Ross, don't you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I will come over to your... I don't know where you live, but I know... No, you don't know where on. I live. I know okay. what you live on. So what are you going to do? Knock on every door? door. Yes. Yeah, okay, yes, yeah. I might. I might do that. Okay. I might. All right. Just listen up for the terrible singing. But I'm... Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Ross. That's Even some Ross some might say, Ross, that you cannot hang among us anymore. Oh, that, was, that was another bad joke, because I acted like you singing. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna regret I feel this. like we're all about to be muted and kicked out. Moving on. It's all right. I deserve that. That's fine. <laughs> no, I was being a dick. I apologize profusely. All right. Let's get into Have I Got Barrels for You? First one. What did Valve announce this week? The Steam Deck. The Steam Deck. A giant oh. Game Gear looking fucking thing. Um, this is a badass handheld PC that plays your entire Steam library and it's due out at the end of the year but they're all already sold out so we'll have to wait till 2022 if you want to get our hands on one but it's looking pretty sweet uh let's go miles what do you make of the steam deck yeah it looks pretty dope to be honest i've been always wanting to play a lot of rts games but obviously you can't play them very well on console because the controls don't really work for it and i've got quite a few old games kind of sitting on my steam library that i never really played because i don't have a computer that can play them very well including stronghold crusader 2. um i played a lot of the originals back in the day when i was a kid and i picked up the second one on my pc just or my laptop just couldn't hack it so i'm actually really excited for this and i think we've chatted about this on the slack of if they can get game pass on it as well it becomes an all-inclusive. It's an Xbox and a PC rolled into one. And if that is the case, it's an absolute steal. Um, and I am absolutely going to get one whenever they are available to get because, yeah, there's just lots of... There's so much on Steam and it just opens so many other options of things that aren't on PlayStation. And like I said, if it can double up as a PC and as an Xbox with Game Pass, it's an absolute winner. So, yeah, I think the pricing is pretty right for it as well. They've got the three different tiers. You can kind of pick the one that you want as well, depending on how much memory. And I think there's other kind of little features in it as well. Um, but yeah, I think it looks like a really good idea. And I think uh, Valve have done a really good job in how they've managed the the pre-release as well. Of You have to have had a Steam account. You have to have spent money before June. Um, so they're limiting the potential for scalpers to kind of get in there and steal them all away like they have with PlayStation and Xbox, which is also a good move because Microsoft and Sony really dropped the ball with all the scalping stuff. So yeah, I think all around it's a pretty big win for, for Valve. And I think if they can roll it out and it works and it's good, I, I think it's going to be an absolute winner, to be honest. Yeah, that would have counted me out because I don't spend money on Steam. 
at all because I just haven't got my PC that can run decent enough games on it. I think yeah. the last the last thing I bought was Spiritfarer. Oh yeah, and that was that was a while ago. So maybe I could have been in, but yeah. Uh, Sean, what do you make of the Steam Deck? I'm impressed. Um, I'm holding. So I don't really have a good track record with Valve hardware. Um, I bought a Steam box. Remember those, you know, those things that you stick in front of your TV. Um, yes. It was like supposed to be the next, you know, like a PC console, and it never worked. And I just got my money back because <laughs> I was, you know, and <laughs> they sent me just a box that just did not power on. So, oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm like, you know, I, I have my misgivings about Valve hardware, and I know that there are people out there that that also have their own misgivings about, you know, they haven't got the best track record with hardware. That's why I kind of didn't jump on the bandwagon straight away. And also there's a couple of things that have been coming out uh, since they announced it that kind of, um, they've been a little bit, they've been a bit cheeky about what they've been saying. So um, it runs on a Linux system and any uh, game that has a anti-cheat system that doesn't work on Linux will not run on this machine. So that pretty much counts out most of the big um like games like, like Apex Legends just won't won't run. Um, a lot of EA's games just won't run. Um, so it just means that uh, you know these these games that have this DRM style stuff um, just just will not run on that handheld. It just just won't start. So I'm I'm a little you know I hope they fix that so that there is some way that people can play basically some of the biggest games. And, you know like you know, Ubisoft games need to check in with you playing stuff like that that isn't supported on this thing so it does count out like a big chunk of pc games that i might be interested in but you know fingers crossed they get that sorted i'm also not entirely sure that they're going to be able to put anything so it's a linux based system and i don't think game pass is available on linux so we'll have to see um uh, steam have confirmed with ign that windows can be installed on it yeah windows can yeah, but once Windows is installed, that's your base. You can install anything on top of Windows. But it's Windows for Linux. It's Windows. That's what I hear. I straight, normal... straight Microsoft Windows. So once it's plugged in, it's, it's, it's essentially a PC. If you dock it up, you get a monitor, get a keyboard, get a mouse, you can use it as a gaming PC. Mm. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hold my breath on that. Because that's not Please. what the Steam boxes did. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah, um, but this is a th- th- this is a whole different thing, isn't it? I mean, this is ions above the bloody Steam boxes, the Nvidia Shield and shit like that. Um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm I'm positive, but also I just I don't want to get one right away. I want to see what they come out like first. Well, you're not going to get one right away. It's 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 already too late. So we'll see when it's hands on with Digital Foundry. <laughs> That's when you'll know. I mean, they're probably going to release another batch before it launches to, to sell. Maybe. And they'll probably sell one to Cat because Cat's very excited about this thing. Good. Are you not? Are you? I thought you were. I am yeah. very excited. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've spent, what, the last, I don't know, the whole of summer cussing myself out for not having an Xbox or not being on Game Pass or not doing this or not doing that. So, yeah, I think we had a really detailed conversation, didn't we, Ross, about... Uh, what this could mean and you know we didn't quite know if it would run game pass straight away or you know and if it did 
that's pretty handy um the fact that it can dock up is incredible I really like that I really love the image in my mind that I've created of the Valve team and Steam um sitting wherever they're sat at home or at their desks of a cup of coffee watching the OLED news come out and be like "Mm -hmm, yeah that's cool but uh (laughs) (laughs) boom and uh, I don't know why but the idea of that really like really cracks me up I can just imagine them all like emailing each other like like (laughs) they you know 48 hours till our bomb drops and um yeah so I mean what's that not to like I mean I I do get kind of Sean's not anxiety I guess anticipation about what actually it could mean and what it might actually look like when it's released and I think it is kind of a good thing that maybe it's all sold out now because I think that's always a good kind of scope to say what the reviews like how are people running it what are people running it on what does that look like is it nice or is it you know should I just get Xbox um I used to love Steam because the the sale I've said many times it's just the tits uh, steam sales I don't know what they do they must lose money on their sales because <laughs> that's so good um I still get emails from steam I haven't been able to have a working proper pc um computer in a long time but I still have like your wish list is now here and it's 79p because it's been that long I mean it was probably 15.99 when I wish list it but now it's like no it's 79p you can still buy it and I'm like no I played that game a long time ago um but yeah so I'm really excited about it I think it will think you know for what it is and for what it can do I think it's great I hope it lives up to its expectation I hope it doesn't turn into a PS5 rule where we're waiting you know to have a many much time to I was gonna say 2000 years and I was like no stop exaggerating (laughs) to get a PS5 um yeah I, I just hope it is what it comes out of I like the idea of the fact I really like that kind of input from steam to say you know you have to have bought something before june um just to stop scalpers i think that's a real problem lately even not just in games but in uh, in kind of music events live events anything like that um and it does need to be clamped down on so i thought that was a really clever idea i haven't bought anything for like four years so i mean hope that counts otherwise i'm pretty stuffed uh but yeah i definitely something that i'll be looking into definitely something i'll probably be getting um but like sean will probably check it out first because it can it's pretty pricey but i think actually for what it is that is irons above the switch mm. i mean the switch is what what did we say it was like 40 quid below the ps5 for the exact same thing yeah, um, I mean, you can get yeah. a PS5 digital edition for the same price as a Steam Deck. Yeah, and that's that's decent for what you're going to be running on it, for what you're going to be doing on it, playing mm. Steam games, potentially playing Xbox Game Pass. That's that's great. That's you know, yeah, yeah all for it. Yeah, it's 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 a very cool system. I don't like the the button layout. I don't like the button layout either. either. All of the stuff is at the top, isn't it? And I don't yeah. know how that's going to work. And I wonder because there's a couple of people that are on the um, kind of review. They're reviewing it now, aren't they? Some people have been like specially chosen to to review yeah, it. And I wonder what they'll say about it and whether they'll move it or they'll adjust because they are at the top. I think that's going to really hurt someone's palms or mm. thumbs. They needed to make the space for the for the little touch pads. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. You know, that that does give a, a connection to kind of more traditional PC players um, with mouse movement and things. But yeah, the buttons all yeah. stuffed at the top. It it might like what, you yeah. might get used to it uh, quickly. I mean, who knows? But Maybe. on visually, it's like mm, it visually. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it does look a bit uncomfortable. Um, and it, it is a bit of a beast. I mean, it's like they're digital foundry. If you don't know, they're the guys that kind of test everything to the nth degree and they're absolutely amazing 
And I'd highly recommend uh, checking them out if you want to get into like a deep dive of any of their of any technical thing that you wish to buy, because they've probably got a video on it. And it's really interesting that this thing they're comparing to an Xbox Series S in terms of power, That's nuts, isn't it? which is ridiculous for a handheld. Yeah. And yeah, this thing's gonna it's it's got legs. I think. I think it reminds that, me of like the future Game Gear. It looks that chunky. Yeah. It, that's that's like kind of the size of it. It's not going to be like a little switch. Where it's like, oh, that's cute in your hands. Oh. It's going to be this is chunky. Oh, I am the shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I wish it was a Game Gear. Which Sega just popped back out of nowhere. Going, oh, listen, this handheld beast, bitches. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sega next week just drops a new Game Gear. Game Gear two thousand and twenty one. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, it's a very cool, uh, very cool plan, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with it because, man. I would like one because I've never had a gaming PC and I could never afford one. I'm I'm not going to pretend that I'm going to save up for one one day because I won't, even though my head tells me, just save up money, you'll get, and you get a gaming PC. It's never going to happen. I know it's not going not gonna to happen because I'll just spend money on stupid shit on the way. But this is a kind of a good alternative. And the dock that comes with it as well allows you to hook up to a monitor and keyboards and mouses and stuff. So it, you can act it like an actual PC, which is insane. And yeah, it's very exciting. So, uh, yeah, we shall see what happens. It's due November-ish, I think. So a lot more about the Steam Deck will, of course, come out around that time. And, yeah, there's plenty to get excited about. Talking about getting excited about things, um, what isn't going to be EA Play Live this week? Games. Games, essentially, yeah. Anything? Yeah. (laughs) So in the past week, uh, they've revealed that Bioware will not be EA Play Live, Star Wars won't be EA Play Live, and more will skate. So... Uh, <laughs> that leaves a EA Sports presentation. Sean, what are we? Uh, what am I missing? Well, there's going to be something Dead Spacey. I think so. Yeah, interesting. Uh, absolutely. Um, and there will likely be a couple of EA originals. You know the the indie label stuff that they put out. Uh, there's obviously going to be the EA Sports stuff. You know, you never know what um, Respawn might be working on that isn't Star Wars. Mm. So, I mean, EA have got a lot of studios that have been quiet. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we're going to see more of Battlefront 20, you know, 60, whatever the hell it is. 2024, is it? 2042, almost. There you go. <laughs> two digits mixed up. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a decent enough show. Um, it's just going to be... Uh, I'm glad that they're getting out ahead of this because it's so much better when we know what's not going to be there. Mm. You know, like like Sony did where they said, don't turn up looking for God of War or, you know, any of these games. Uh, and, you know, they delivered what they said they were going to deliver, you know, and it's much better when they get out in front of these things and say, hey, don't sit there in the chat going, where's Gate 4? Because <laughs> it's, it's fucking irritating. Yeah. So, you know, don't. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Miles, what would you like to see A play live? from the EA studios that are going to be there? I mean, the main thing I'm interested in is what they're doing with Dead Space, is whether, I think it is planned as like a reboot or a remake of the original, isn't it, or like a reimagining. So I kind of want to see what direction they're going to take that and what it's going to look like. Um, like we kind of spoke about on a previous pod, I absolutely adore the Dead Space series up until they kind of screwed up with three. So I'd love an excuse to get back into it if they're going to release you know, a really good entry into that again. Um, other than that, there's nothing I think that's going to really appeal to me. I'm on the fence about Battlefield 2042. Um, it is multiplayer only, and it's obviously being very much catered towards the multiplayer crowd. 
I've enjoyed Look Battlefield. at it though. It is gorgeous. Look and at it, it. It looks it looks carnage and it does look like it'll be fun, but I'm not sure. Am I gonna pay seventy pounds for it? No. No, but exactly. look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch some uh, some YouTube clips of it just to appreciate the graphics, I think. For sure. Um yeah, so it'll be if they're gonna show off a bit more of that, then I guess that's a good way for them to show what your seventy pounds or seventy dollars or whatever it will be will will be getting you. Um yeah, I, I mean the EA originals, some of them can be quite good every now and then. So I guess there's a bit of interest as to what we'll see there. But there's nothing major that's kind of standing out. I was hope going into this hoping that there would be a Star Wars or something quite big. But I guess I'll I'll be quite happy if there's a dead space and it looks good. Um but yeah, I think like Sean said, it's it's kind of good that they've come out and said, look, these things aren't gonna be here. If that, that's what you're looking for, just don't watch it because that's not that's not what we're doing this for. Um I do think it might end up a bit like Sony State of Play, where even though we know these things aren't gonna be there, there might not be anything too kind of showstoppery. Um so it might feel a little bit not necessarily disappointing, but a bit just kind of anticlimactic, I think. Um, but yeah, so I'll be keeping a lookout for Dead Space, really is the main thing that I'm gonna be going for, I think. Cool, yeah. Oh, God, I'm going to pray very hard that Titanfall 3 is a thing. Oh, and Respawn are making a lot of money right now with Apex. And I just hope that that is being forced into a Titanfall 3 production, but I don't know. Titanfall 2 was genuinely one of the best shooters. So good. Yeah, generally. But I think the best single-player shooter campaign of that era. Yeah, it was um, brilliant. For sure. It was superb. Um, Kat, what would you like to see EA play live? Well, the thing is with EA, and I don't have any beef with them in particular, but they even bring out shooters or sports games, and I don't really play any of them. Have you played um, Unravel? I have played Unravel, yes, I have played Unravel. Have you played It Takes Two? I have played It Takes Two, okay. So other than, you know, a couple, and I did obviously know that It Takes Two. I've just, well, about, about halfway through It Takes Two, um, me and Miles are very much, we started it like a million years ago, probably like day one we started it, and then... I haven't played it yet, but I watched the Eurogamer playthrough of it, and it looks really messed up. Yeah. This poor kid. Yeah, <laughs> the poor kid and the cotton ragdoll parents just mm. trying to get back to them. It is good. Um, I love Plants vs. Zombies as well. I don't know why, but yeah. the app game, the second game that was on the app store, that is incredible for an app game, for what it is. It's got like a thousand different worlds. A thousand? And yeah, like, okay, well, wow. yeah, shut up. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> um, but then they made it like like third person-y and I didn't, I didn't like that at all. I was really, really sad of Garden Warfare. I was like, what is this? What have you done? Oh, man, I completely disagree. Garden Warfare was fantastic. Battle for, <laughs> the Battle for Neighborville is even better. I love that game. Oh, maybe it's that one I've got. I, I've got one of them. Garden Warfare or Battle of Neighborville. And I just, I want them to put it back to top down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Sims is always going to do a lot of money. They've got a lot of Sims stuff I can imagine coming out. If they had another kind of, I mean, Unravel was hard as balls. Unravel 2. Well, I played Unravel 2. I've not played Unravel 1. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I'll watch it, but I don't really think there's going to be anything there for moi. Um uh, Mass Effect as well. Obviously, they've just remastered them, uh, so there's nothing coming out there in in that era either. Mm. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. There might be something that takes my fancy. You never know. But yeah, they... I mean, I remember watching it last year, and yeah, you know, me and as we said the other week, me and Sean stayed up till like one a.m. to do a podcast about it. And yeah. Um, yeah, it was. I think we were overly disappointed, but there's always something there. I remember watching a, a trailer for A Way Out, 
and thinking that's the well, thing that's, sometimes that's really they just cool. come out with some gems don't they and you think yeah. yeah that's that's a that's a dark horse of a game that is and that's the same with kind of unravel and it takes two and all that jazz but yeah i mean they've got a lot of titles that have been around for years and years and years that i can imagine players are waiting to see more of just like guys with mm. dead space so yeah we shall, see, we shall see i'm not gonna i'm not gonna turn my nose up it just yet i'll um, always take a look see indeed uh, i'm quietly curious about fifa this year the last two fifas have been crap um so this one has a thing called high promotion technology which they're which is their their big new feature for the next one and I, I watched the trailer. I read the blog. I still don't know what it is. <laughs> I have no idea what they're trying to sell to me. So hopefully they might go into that a little bit more. Um, I think I think it's going to be one of those things that I don't really notice until I've got it in my hands and I can play it properly. So, you know, I will play FIFA 22. I've got EA, EA Play, so I can check out the 10-hour trial when it when it, turn, when it comes around. But, yeah, there's it's, yeah, it's interesting. No, I would like to see, actually, I just thought about it just for a second, is a, and I don't know if they could ever do this, and they might do it one day, is a multiplayer Sims. Not as in like a live multiplayer Sims. Yeah, so like a bunch of people just like living in a city and they all have a house. and. So like, yeah, for example, if you were playing The Sims and I was playing The Sims, we could jump on together in the same house. Okay. And we could build it together and we could live together and be like, oh, I'm going to go work. And then you could party up. You could put a party into PlayStation and you'd be like, okay, cool. Let's do this. Let's do that. Oh, I'm just going to go to work. Do you want to cook dinner? Like, I don't, I don't know why. I don't think that would be, you know, groundbreaking, but I think it would be, it probably put me back into Sims. Hmm. I think yeah. that would be just a really cool idea. Just having like this like open worldy kind of type of Sims where you can cooperate. It's kind of co-op-esque Sims where you can either live separately or you can do it together. Yeah, that'd be cool. Can you do that on Sims 4? Nope. No, oh, okay. you cannot. So yeah, even if it was the same neighborhood, like you know, being neighbors with your friends, and oh, they're not online at the moment, but you know, then they come online, and you're like, way, yeah, let's let's <laughs> go on a date together, or let's make my sim and your sim try and go on a date together, and let's make my sim and your sim have a baby, even though they're already married, and then the husband comes over and slaps me, you know, just stuff like that. Really, um, I think that would be badass if they announced that. Cool, I'd be, be pretty excited, but yeah, that's probably all hmm. I want to see. <laughs> That okay. means you won't be able to put together the, the most important part of Sims, which is putting people in a house, removing all of the doors, the doors, and, and then, then putting the sofa descend. in front of the fireplace. Yeah, watching the descent into madness. <laughs> you could do you that. Know? Well, the thing is, I could do that. I could go over to Ross's house, fake house, not real house. I'm not kind of inciting crime here. Um, I could go over to his Sim house, and then I could start removing all of his furniture. <laughs> If he gave me like access, if there was like a thing where you could give access to other people, other people's stuff, I could, you know, just delete it all. Like he could come back to his house at like Habbo Hotel and you come back and your room was hacked and all your furniture would be gone. Like the darkest <laughs> timeline gift. Just walk in. Somebody slapped a pizza across the room. <laughs> Ross like messages me being like, have you been playing The Sims? I'm like, no. <laughs> I can just picture that like grid of morality and you're just there on the bottom right, like like chaotic. Everything is on fire and then (laughs) Ross is dead in the pool and I've killed his wife and (laughs) that's what I want to see, eh? Make it happen. Jesus. I really shouldn't don't make this happen. (laughs) I shouldn't have answered that among us questions, should I? Look what's happened now. No, no, you shouldn't have. (laughs) She's inciting (laughs) death upon my life. I'm going to take away the ladder. Actually, in Sims 4, even if you take away the ladder, they can get up now. They can, yeah. get up just, they can just get out of the pool. So the, the room one is really the only one that you can do. There's a great... Uh, Sean did a great stream a while back of the Sims 4, and it was me, Sean, Paul, and Greg living together. 
and it was very very interesting. I don't know if it's still available somewhere, but it was uh, it was great. Would watch. I still might do this. House. You still have the house. <laughs> oh man, I still love the people. The problem is we got so boring. All we wanted to do was play video games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> to be fair, Greg, Greg did work out, and Paul did uh, like. Actually, I think Paul was just like really dim. Paul was an artist, game. wasn't he? Oh yeah, Paul was not. Of course he was, because he's yeah. an artist. Yeah, um, I played guitar for a bit. But if you get your singing level, Ross, up to like level seven ten, and <laughs> kidding, I love you. Don't answer next time. <laughs> <laughs> Island, I love you. But you, you stole my quiz question, so fuck you. <laughs> I suppose I could do that right back to you if you did it to me, right? Yeah, exactly. Like you could mm. kill me in the pool, but you'd be all your dead in the pool. So I can come back though, surely. Yeah, you probably would be able to. And then you just delete all my furniture, and then it would just be like this week on, week off of like rebuilding our houses <laughs> and then killing and seeing it all burn to the ground of who can who can sign on the PlayStation the quickest. <laughs> I guess that adds to the replayability. Yes. Yeah. Sean, what are you gonna say? I'm just staying out of it, thanks. Okay. <laughs> I'm not getting involved because I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a finger guns neighborhood in Sims. And we could just all go to each other's places and just delete things. Uh, right then, which video streaming service wants to have video games to their platform? Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. See, see I was going to say Twitch because all it is now is kids in pools. Yeah, true. <laughs> Nothing to do with games anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Kids and pools and girls in hot tubs. That's it, yeah. Yeah, pretty much Twitch now. Uh, Miles, there's not a lot of information about this. Apparently PlayStation are involved in some capacity, but there's not a huge information about that. Um, do we need another place to play video games? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm a bit torn about it. I think obviously Netflix is a big enough platform that it's probably got the money to try to make it work. But I kind of seeing it going the same way as Google Stadia, where it's not what the people on the platform are there for like people subscribe to netflix for tv and movies like they're not really there for games and i think all of the main organizations publishers whatever you know sony microsoft nintendo and you know steam now or google everybody's moving into their own kind of streaming platforms and especially with sony <clears throat> they almost need to improve their own kind of service in terms of cloud and subscription more than they do needing like a partner and i wonder if this is their way of maybe making a system where instead of them having to do it, they're maybe going to try and get Netflix to do it for them. And then they'll just put some of their games there. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's the right platform. And like you said, if maybe there's just a bit too much competition for it now, um, it'll be interesting to know what the subscription price will be because obviously the benchmark is going to be Game Pass. And if you can't match that, you know, you're not really going to convert many people over. Mm -hmm. So they're going to need to, you know, market it at a very specific point and I think it's going to be quite difficult to do that with the competition that's coming. Um, so it'll be interesting to find out more about where they're going to pitch themselves, how it's going to work and how much they're going to invest into this. Because like we saw with Google, they, they went kind of all in at first and then they realized that making games isn't easy and that you need a lot of games to bring people to your platform and keep them there. And the way they did their subscription service didn't work because you subscribed and then you also had to buy the games on top of that where you could buy them cheaper on other platforms already. Um, so they need to really look at that and how it didn't you know, succeed in terms of what it wanted to do and they need to try and not make the same mistakes. Yeah. But like I said, I think if anything is going to pull it off, it probably would be Netflix. And if they do have Sony's backing, then 
you know, if Sony stick all of their massive exclusive games on there and say, you know, it's a five or a month and you can play every Sony title or a massive library of titles and you don't need to even, you know, you can stream it in all different ways and whatever, then I think it might have a place, but it needs to be a very compelling package. It can't just be, we're putting a couple games on there, you subscribe and, you know, then you have to pay a fee. Like, I don't know, they need to really, you know, pull out all the stops to make this work, I think, personally. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point. I mean, we've got Stadia now. Um, Amazon have got Luna, um, which is their game streaming service. Not over here yet, but it's currently in the US. Um, as well as Game Pass Cloud streaming. I stand by the fact that Stadia is, I think, technically the best one so far okay. um, in terms of if, if it just working. Um, I love the uh, the quick load times. It's smooth as silk on my phone. And I think it's probably the best sort of the three, but... Yeah, they just they've just fucked that up so royally. It's just <laughs> yeah. beyond beyond belief. Um, Kat, do you think Netflix will stand a chance against the likes of Amazon and Google in that space and Xbox? Mm, I, I see. I'm trying to wrap my head on why or how it would work um, because I keep coming up with things and I keep going, but why? Why bother? Um, would it do better than probably kind of some of the Amazon type stuff? Yeah, probably. I mean, because Netflix is such a big name and a lot of people have Netflix. But then again, a lot of people have Prime. I think Miles is right. I think it needs to be advertised and pitched correctly. I'm still trying to wrap my head around what would the point be if PlayStation Hits already exists, uh, PlayStation Plus already exists, um, and you have a PlayStation console. What's the point in paying more subscription to somewhere that might have more games? Is it going to be then, well, if you don't have a PlayStation, you can buy a controller and then add a little small subscription fee to your Netflix and play PlayStation and play Sony through that. Like that would be cool. That would be, I guess, great for people who don't have PlayStations or don't have, you know, and they can do pits that way, for example. Um, that's kind of the only way that I can see it. I don't know. I mean, I just don't, I can't wrap my head around how it would work or why, why bother? Um, if it had like, you know, or, you know, for example, if it had Game Pass and it said, well, if you don't have an Xbox, but you buy the controller, you know, stick three quid a month onto you. But, you know, would people do that and would people buy it? And maybe, I mean, Stadia's not in the in the gutter, is it? So um, lots of people play Stadia, lots of people have Stadia. So, I mean, I mean, why not? Just add another one on, fuck it. Just, I mean, at this point, <laughs> at this point. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean. Love that. Just fuck it, Netflix. Yeah, yeah sure. Why not? Let's yeah, just, just yeah. Unless no. you know, are they going to go then the other way? I mean, if Sony's on board, then obviously the PlayStation's going to get on, like PlayStation games are going to be on there. But you know, they could have gone the Sky route and just done like loads of loads of kind of like, apps on a TV, and they might mm. still do that. Like you know, Beehive Bedlam on Sky, which uh, arguably yeah. the best app game, the greatest video game of all time. Yeah, arguably. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, uh, why I'm here, really. Yeah, for Beehive Bedlam one day. Yeah. It's going to be. That's really how it all began. Yeah. <laughs> One day we'll see uh, the, be- the Beehive Bedlam remake. <laughs> on Sky, make it happen. What, what yeah. that? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really see how it's going to work yet. I don't understand what the point would be if you already had the console, uh, but we can check it out and I might eat my words in a couple of months. So Maybe, maybe. Let's see what happens. Uh, Sean, what do you think the PlayStation connection is? What do you think PlayStation are doing? Is it PS Now? Are they going to drop PS Now onto Netflix? Um, no, I think it's going to be a deal to get PlayStation games onto Netflix. I think the, the current rumours are that you know Netflix aren't uh, expecting anybody to pay any more for this content. But I think the idea is that they want Netflix to become, you know, 
the one subscription you cannot do without you know a lot that that is true for a lot of people and you know there are a lot of other subscription services right now which are you know near essential you look at disney plus and all the stuff that they're putting out i think netflix just wants another bow in that repertoire to make them an essential thing you know if they don't charge anymore but you suddenly get ghost of shishima that you could you know put onto your pc connect a controller and play instantly you know that is that is a major draw because so many people have netflix that don't have games and if if sony were to just drop a couple of samples and make sure that they include enough adverts to say hey check out all this other stuff that's on ps5 here's a link to click and go and get yourself one it's you know it is a decent enough advert and it's the same way with like putting the games on pc after a couple of years old you know it's just another way a gateway to get you know people into the playstation eco service or eco economy whatever the hell they want to call it but you know it's if playstation pulls it off and i imagine i imagine it won't just be playstation i imagine it'd be a couple of others as well you know it's it's a big thing for netflix because there's mm. their streaming is second to none their yeah. video streaming is just light years ahead of pretty much everyone else and their app works on almost every device so you can imagine you know uh, connecting your controller up to your phone and playing games on your Netflix, you know, that's basically, I mean, I played xCloud and I would say that the streaming is better on Netflix than it is on xCloud. Obviously, I don't know what the input lag is going to be like on Netflix, but, you know, we would have to see. But it, you've got to expect it to be up there with xCloud already. So yeah. this might be Sony's way to basically get around the whole PlayStation Now thing, like you said originally, but I don't think it is. I think it's just a another thing for Netflix to offer. And I think they're going to probably write a big check to Sony. So mm. pro bonos for Sony. Indeed. The thing with me is that I've I watched Netflix on my PS5. So it's like next to useless. <laughs> next to useless for me. But I like the idea of it uh, moving to different devices, particularly uh, my phone or my laptop. You know, I think that's pretty cool. But why would it be useless though? Because I can just load up the game on my PS5 without having to load on Netflix. But what if it's a game you don't own? What is that? A game I don't own? Yeah, so like say <laughs> you say you want to play uh, Street Fighter 5 or something. Somebody wants to get a game over you on Street Fighter 5. Yeah. You, it's on... you load up Netflix and it's there. Yeah, yeah. Could, could happen. You know, no extra money, you just got it. Oh, they're going to put the price up, surely. Well, that, that's not what the rumors are saying. Netflix just do that like once a year quietly. Anyway, I think they'll probably like keep it like keep it the same price for like the first year or something like that, or the first six months, and they'll be like, "We're adding it's now twelve ninety nine because you get all of this." Maybe discounted for PS Plus subscribers, perhaps. Potentially. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or PS uh, Now players. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Very very interesting. And finally, who was just bought by Tencent? Who wasn't? <laughs> that is that is very much the question. Yes, it, it's uh, Sumo Digital. Uh, yes, Sumo Digital, the UK-based developer who made Sackboy: A Big Adventure and Crackdown Three. If you want two completely parallels, there um, is uh, apparently snapped up by Tencent for nine hundred nineteen million dollars, or one point two seven billion dollars. I've nine hundred ninety-nine million pounds. 
Um, that offer would see shareholders earn a third 43% increase per share. And bosses at Sumo are keen for the deal to go ahead. I'm not fucking surprised, to be honest with you. Um, they also made, of course, Forza Horizon 2, Little Big Planet 3, Disney Infinity, Disney Infinity for Life, and Team Sonic Racing. Uh, Sean, you're my you're my <laughs> my ten cent expert. Um, what do you make of this? Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really hoped that this wasn't going to happen. Um, ten like Sumo Digital have quietly accumulated a massive amount of studios over the last couple of years, um, and when I say you know that they are one of the biggest UK based developers now i think they might be the biggest apart from maybe rockstar so you know they have the they they own the chinese room they own a studio in leamington spa they've got their own studios they they are basically they've got one in poland they've you know they are a massive company now and they they, the way that they've made games is something that i always look forward to i can't think of a game that they put out that i haven't enjoyed for a very long time and I get the feeling that Tencent are going to want more because that is a massive investment because they're paying 30, 30% above the asking price of the shares. So and I understand that, you know, if, if that Sumo are a successful company, that they make great games and Tencent probably won't want to mess with that formula. For Tencent, it's a great buy because, you know, you've got a massive amount of studios. There's a ton of talent in those studios. It's just that Tencent have got this, you know, they got this stink on them that they just like. It's it all stems from the WeChat app, don't it? It's just, it's a Chinese company, and people just don't mm-hmm. like the whole, you know, ethos around the Chinese buying into like other companies and under other countries, and it, it just I hope that it goes well because I really like Sumo Digital as a developer. You know, yeah. there isn't a studio there that isn't good. And I just hope that they, the Tencent don't come in and just make massive sweeping changes because, you know, we wouldn't get games like, you know, Sackboy's Adventure or mm-hmm. Little Orpheus or, you know, all these actual, like, Game of the Year award-winning titles if it wasn't for Sumo. So... For sure. Please don't fuck this up, Tencent. <laughs> I mean, Tencent are just... They're scary, really, more than anything. I mean, they've got investment in... Ubisoft, Epic Games, Remedy, Marvelous, Don't Nod, Platinum Games, Bohemia Interactive, fucking Roblox, Crafton, and they own Funcom, Shark Mob, Riot Games, Timmy Studios, who make Call of Duty Mobile that makes billions, and um, they've also got Pokemon Unite coming out as well. So it's, yeah, it's kind of terrifying how much, how many kind of fingers they have in these pies, I guess. Yeah, I tweeted today that, you know, EA, E3, in five years' time, is going to be Tencent, the Embracer Group, and Microsoft, because that's the only three companies that are going to exist. Yeah, more or less, they're the only three that are going to turn up at E3. You know, because that's the way it goes. You either get bought by Microsoft, you get bought by Tencent, or the Embracer Group picks you up, and you get stuck next to THQ Nordic and all the rest of them. So it's bonkers. It is. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty scary stuff. Cat, um, what have you made of the story? I mean, I think Sean's got a really good point of the fact that these really, really great games can be, I guess, sidelined for, you know, or completely ignored. And I worry when people 
buy you know smaller kind of well not smaller because Sackboy and you know all those other games aren't small but when kind of someone monopolizes over another development team and it just it pains me because all those fans of x game probably wonder well, what you're gonna do you're gonna shelf it or you're gonna you know, do something else of it. I mean, obviously, Tencent have great, you know, great fingers and pies with other companies um, and other games. You know, they made Rocket League, blah, blah, blah. You know, like I said, don't nod. And, but it just worries me and it reminds me of, you know, once once a company has so many kind of subsidiaries, they they can shut them down. They can pull them onto other games. They can do whatever they want them with them. And it just completely blocks, I guess, creative flow and it worries me it kind of reminds me of the toys for bob situation with activision of kind of taking over a really creative really amazing um team and then being like well you're gonna do what we want now and uh, you know the boss has said he's really keen to work with tencent and he's really excited and i hope that the games that sumo have made are you know they don't get sidelined and you know they, they will still grow and it won't just be engulfed with you know that development team um yeah. and we don't just see monopoly on monopoly on monopoly of you know because even even tencent have got call of duty and i'm fucking sick of that game Fuck <laughs> stay in one team man you don't need any more teams on call of duty oh, all, right, all right all right all right i know you're still upset about toys for bob <laughs> but yeah so i mean I just, I just hope that it doesn't stunt create a flow of what could be you know for sure for sure uh miles You've been quiet for a bit. What do you make of this? Yeah, I mean, there's not too much more to add, really. I think very similar to, like, kind of all you guys have said. I think they're becoming, like, one of those, like, cyberpunky megacorps uh, where they're starting to get, like, real domination of the market with how much investment they have and how much influence and kind of power they hold. And, you know, they do a lot of it where they just kind of invest in companies. They pick up a lot of the shares and then they sort of, like, exert, like, a, a background influence. Like, um, but I think, with this purchase, it like Sean said, it actually makes a lot of sense. Sumo make a lot of really good games, really solid, enjoyable games, and they've got a really big repertoire, a lot of talented people working for them. So for them, it's a no-brainer. And obviously, all of the shareholders want this because they're going to make a, a lucrative, you know, little payout from it. So the I guess the optimistic view of my mind is that, you know, with 10 cents backing and the amount of money they have in terms of investment, you know, it could potentially elevate some of their projects to that kind of next level where they can get that extra bit of funding to you know make a game bigger scope or to go for the game that they want to you know we, we always talk about how games have to kind of draw things back or pull back on the ambition that they have and maybe this optimistically might lead to some of those games having more funding to be able to realize that ambition and that is a good thing if that happens um I think like everyone else's concerns, though, is whether actually they're going to take over and then go, actually, we need to get a return on our investment, which means that we need, you know, more monetization in this or we need to make a mobile version of that or, you know, all of those kind of options, which then kind of dilute down the IPs that they have. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about it. I think Tencent, when you look at the the companies that they have invested in, I think all of them have grown and all of them are doing very, very well. And so I guess from Sumo's perspective, if that is the case, then there's no reason why they wouldn't end up in the same position. So I guess I'm, mm. I'm, I'm quite on the fence about it. I think it'll go one of two ways. It'll either be that they'll invest in the company, they'll make them, give them all the extra funding for the projects that they want to do and they'll elevate them and therefore we'll get better games out of it, in which case, happy days, everybody wins. They get more money, they get the return on their investment and we get better games. Um, or they'll end up like 
Kat said, you know, an Activision, Toys for Bob situation, you know, studios getting pulled onto other projects and, you know, creative IPs getting shafted for more kind of generic but money-making kind of um, genres or IPs and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'll keep an open mind with it, but it is a bit worrying how one company is starting to exert so much control over so much of the the kind of ecosystem of the video game industry because it is mad mm. like when when you were reading off that list and i was reading it earlier and i was like jesus like you always read the articles of them picking like studios up and stuff and it's only when you see them in one giant list together you're like fuck you have a yeah. lot of really <laughs> massive studios that you're invested in this is mad yeah um, i mean god imagine having investment in epic games and roblox yeah i mean i would take whatever i took from that for a month and just retire yeah because yeah. why would you need any any more? <laughs> yeah, you never need to work another day in your life, and neither with your kids or your grandkids or anybody. Like, and I think even you know, Riot Games are huge as well. You know, all of those studios are big. None of them are even don't not have gone from strength to strength after Life is Strange and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think if if Sumo follows the same trajectory, in theory, they should get bigger, and hopefully that will mean that they can make the games they want. But yeah, it is a bit kind of cyberpunky. Oh my god! Like mega con- conglomerate, you know, mega core type thing going on. But hopefully they'll uh, mm. they'll chill their beans out a little bit now. I like to think the ten cent is just one guy just sat in a room with like <laughs> unlimited money, just going. Today I want Sumo Digital. Yeah, <laughs> get it for me. He just like pulls up a spreadsheet of companies. And you just eeny meeny miny moes. Yeah, like, like that one. I'll have that one now, please. Thank you. Just throws a dart at the walls. Like, oh, okay, Sumo Digital today. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Give him a billion and see what happens. And it'd be like career mode on FIFA when you pick like the richest club and you just go about picking whatever player you want and you just take them. Yeah, yeah. It's just a guy just masturbating, <laughs> going Sumo <laughs> right now. I want them. Give them to me. <laughs> this is all you know conjecture i don't please don't sue me 10 cent for saying that um i would never assume such things uh right then yeah cool but that's an interesting uh discussion because there's yeah there's a lot there's a lot to be a little concerned about i think but i guess we'll see what happens uh hopefully sumo can just continue as they are and um all 10 cent will do is just take a a wee percentage of all their game sales we'll see uh right then let's move on to our favorite things and this time we are going back to retro consoles um i think we're going kind of pre-xbox 360 i think those are now considered retro consoles god that makes me feel very very old um miles do you want to kick this one off sure um i couldn't really look past the playstation 2 um i started on n64 and ps1 and i was although i can remember some games on there i think i was too young to really appreciate um, how good some of those games were like I grew up on like GoldenEye um, and like Command and Conquer and Red Alert and stuff and I enjoyed them but I had no idea what the fuck I was doing in any of them um, so PlayStation 2 era was when I really found my footing with you know playing games and I remember like I think it was Mercenaries 1 if anyone remembers that one and I was like enamored with it when I saw like what it was like I remember going to the store and like looking on the box and seeing like that it was uh, open world kind of destruction and stuff and I watched uh, a gameplay um, clip like just before this to kind of remind myself of what it was like and I was like fucking hell it looks shocking Um, but I just remember playing it and being absolutely like enraptured with it I think I played it through like over a dozen times and then it was um, games like Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, like absolutely top class games. Um, we spoke about the Shadow of the Colossus remake recently, and obviously I played the original back on the PS2. And I think if you just look through the PS2's library, I was chatting to one of my friends today, and he said, you know, 2001 
it's so many games and it was like silent hill 2 you had metal gear solid 2 ico um and it was just you know you look through the list and it was insane like jack and daxter and all sorts and i just have so many you know great memories of growing up on the ps2 like playing tekken or the grand theft auto series or you know just so many different ips and there was i think back then games were you know 25 30 quid if i remember right and i used to kind of save up my money and pick one up and there was just so many different creative kind of games and styles and it was before kind of monetization and dlc had come in um and it was just so i just remember being so excited going like blockbuster and picking up a game for the weekend and it was just awesome um and one of my favorite games weirdly was the aliens versus predator game i don't know if any of you played that one um on ps2 but it was where there were like three campaigns uh predator aliens and marines and it was like a kind of strategy type game um i think sean you were going to say something there yes i played it. it was great yeah it was amazing wasn't it absolutely i've Loved literally it. Never met anyone else who's played it, and I absolutely adored that game. I played the living hell out of it. Um, so and yeah, and I even picked up the the way I got into online gaming was Metal Gear Solid 3 Subsistence, um, introduced the Metal Gear Online, and you had to get like a network adapter for the back of the PlayStation 2, and it was this big chunky block thing, and it was a nightmare to set up, it was a massive pain in the ass. And I put in hundreds of hours into the original Metal Gear Online. Um, and I absolutely adored it. And so, yeah, whenever I think back to like the console that really brought me into the gaming stratosphere, although I played ones before it, I think the PlayStation 2 really developed my love of it. And Metal Gear Solid 3 showed me that games were art because that game's story and setting and characters like as a young teenager really kind of affected me. And so, yeah, from then on, I was hooked. So, yeah, I went all to the PS2, really. Nice. Nice. I never had a PS2. I had an Xbox in that era. Oh my god, you never had a PS2? Never. I think it was never. still the highest selling console or PlayStation console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PS2, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I, I my like yeah, I said it on the podcast like ages ago, but yeah, my first PlayStation console that I owned and bought with my own money was a PS4. Oh right. Yeah. I was very much Xbox for a long time. So oh, a bit of a latecomer to Sony. Quite. Yeah, quite indeed. Um, Kat, your favorite retro console. I think. Uh, PS2 is a shout. I'm not going to say play anything PlayStation though to um, people's surprise probably. And I think that um, Mars has such a good point where it's kind of like the one console that was yours that was that you owned. Because I do remember I grew up on the PlayStation 1 and 2 and those were never mine because I was too young. They were my dad's or they were my brother's and they'd been kind of given to given to me. And um, <laughs> the console I'm going to name is probably the one that they compared to the, the Jar Jar Binks of Star Wars. Like everyone, he's annoying and everyone hates him. And that's the GameCube. Um, I have so much love for the GameCube and I really think that if it was released now it would do really really well um, because there's such classics on the GameCube it's such a cool little you know it's such a quirky little look you know it's got a handle like it's a suitcase you can wheel it around you can't wheel it around but um, you know it had a completely um, just great little look to it and I remember walking into a shop one day and being able to choose my my first kind of console I can't even remember how old I was probably like 10 and uh, my mum was like you can choose between an Xbox 360 and a GameCube and I just saw this GameCube and I was like my eyes lit up and I was like and of course you know as a girl when you're a kid and it's this QB looking console you're gonna get it you're just gonna this tiny diddly little disc uh but there's some crackers on there you know you've got Wind Waker um you've got you know uh 
Sunshine Super Mario, um, Super Mario Sunshine, uh, Smash Brothers Melee or Melee, however you want to say it. Uh, those were kind of the games that really put me on the map of knowing Nintendo um, and really getting to grips with Paper Mario, Mario Kart, Mario Party, um, uh, Pikmin as well. Animal Crossing was on there. There's just so much that the GameCube kind of brought, and I Sonic Adventure 2 as well. Crikey, I must have burnt that game out. Um, Super Monkey Ball, and just loads of others where I really kind of I remember it just feeling like mine, and I was like, this is this is the best. Kind of having all my friends over and being like, do you want to play? And I used to get like, loads of different because the um, controllers were really cool as well. I used to get like see-through controllers where you can see all the wiring, and yeah, just loved it. It was just I think it would do really well now if it's still re-released because it is, I guess, essentially a Switch docked but it had that kind of unique look to it and Luigi's Mansion as well that started there I remember getting that and yeah just a great game and there's so many fun games Nintendo do such cool kind of cartoony fun games and Wind Waker is possibly the hardest thing at the time I remember thinking oh my god am I ever going to be good at games because Wind Waker was so hard eventually kind of that underwatery castle level um and that was that was a bitch but loved it so that's my favorite one and I think that they still sold it or they, I think I still got mine somewhere under the stairs and I'd love to get out one day and just replay all my games um yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of love for that game got the a game- lot of love for that console but I know a lot of people hate it I know a lot of people say oh that console is crap the but- GameCube is an absolute masterpiece of a console thank you because a lot of people are like no the, the GameCube is just just a console for girls yeah but they're, well, they're bitches off. aren't they they're just yeah bitches um, yeah, I remember playing Super Monkey Ball to the early hours of the morning with my friends. They had a, um, a kind of battle mode on there. And my God, we would play that for hours and hours and hours. And it was, I still stand by the bet. I think it's the best controller ever made. I still stand by that. And I always will. Yeah, I think it's too. just. I will fight pretty... anyone. It would be a hell that I die on. The game yeah. was an absolute classic console. And I think that it should be released because I would, I would buy that day one. There you go, Nintendo. A mini GameCube. Not a mini GameCube, but a way more mini nothing. Nothing <laughs> mini anymore. Okay, you did your Switch. Now you've done your, your You just want the console Switch. to come out again. <laughs> I just want the cubed console with the Diddy discs. That's all. <laughs> well, go, go on eBay then. You can probably find one. <laughs> no, I've got one. I've still got it, but I just... Okay, so what is it do you want? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, just, you know, I, just want it, I just want it to be now. It's retro. No one uses it anymore. You don't buy games on it anymore, do you? So... No. It'd be nice to have a 2021 version of the GameCube. That'd be cool. Okay. With yeah, HDMI, kind yes, of uh, Wi-Fi, just all the yes. modern things, I see. Yes, okay. please. Yes, that's fine. Okay, gotcha. And we need to do a deep dive one day on your love for Sonic Adventure 2, because I just don't get it. Oh, what? What do yeah, so, you don't get it? I don't get it at all. Why I'll talk about it in a minute, but yeah, uh, it's... Wrong. It's, a, it's a bad Sonic game. Uh, Sean, <laughs> your, 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 your favorite retro console? My favorite retro console is the PlayStation, the OG PlayStation. I every console that I get, I I feel like things step up. You know, like obviously when you get a PS5, you go, "Ooh, this is shiny," and the PS4 for the PS3, like, "Ooh, this is shiny." I don't think I've ever been as impressed as the jump between the Mega Drive and the SNES as to the PlayStation. It blew my fucking socks off. You know, the, the dinosaur on the demo disc, I swear I spent tens of hours just watching a fucking dinosaur walk along going, raw because it was phenomenal. You know, it was like a complete change. And the games that came with that, now I know all of these have aged like shit. 
like Destruction Derby, Cool Borders, um, Ape Escape. So many games that were that blew my mind as a kid on the, on the PlayStation 1 have aged very poorly. But that doesn't mean that my memories of those games are any less special. Because at the time, for its time, it was revolutionary. And I adored the PlayStation. Dino Crisis, Resident Evil. Long before I should have been playing these games, I was playing these games. Sui Coden, Parasite Eve, uh, no, uh, Fear Effect. The, that console was magnificent. It had something for everybody. It had James Bond games, Disney games, horrors, action games. It had a plethora of everything. And it was all, I mean, at least in my eyes, dirt cheap because mine was chipped. So I could get whatever the fuck I wanted. <laughs> so, and, you know, it was the console that introduced me to Abe's Odyssey, the Abe's, uh, the Odd World, well, Quintology it was supposed to be. But, you know, that console for me is uh, the best retro console. I know it's not clever or cool these days, and some of the games have aged really poorly. But I mean, most most of the really good ones like Abe, Final Fantasy Seven and Eight, um, they have not aged. You know, you can play them today and go, "Huh, this is as good as ninety percent of the indie RPGs that are being put out these days." You know, it's not. You know, it's on visual par with <laughs> with most of these games. And also, the PlayStation is the only game to have um, Bruce Willis's Apocalypse which is an obvious reason to buy a console. That's <laughs> very true. So so that's why the PlayStation is the, the best retro console. And I won't have a bad word said about it, okay? No, 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 no beef with it. No beef at all. How about you, Ross? What's your favourite console from yesteryear? It's got G-Police on it, so it's all good with me. There you go. Yeah, See? man, for sure. Um, I think people would probably expect me to say the N64. And I do have a lot of fond memories with my wonderful N64. It's just a an absolute joyous machine that I still own to this day. My transparent green N64 um, is sat under my television, not hooked up, but it's just there so I can stare at it and it's beautiful. My favorite is the Sega Dreamcast. Now, this thing killed Sega. It was out for two years and it failed miserably. But those two years were some of the, my most amazing gaming memories possibly ever this thing was so so ahead of its time it should have come out three years later and it would have done twice as well maybe three times as well i mean sonic adventure i can't play that game now because it's bloody awful but when i had it at the time it was just it was just incredible i remember seeing uh buying the first copy of the official dreamcast magazine which i still stand by the fact it's the best gaming magazine that's ever been made and they had a demo disc on there you could put into your PC and you could watch all the trailers for the Dreamcast games. And the Sonic Adventure one with that whale with Sonic running away from it and the bridge getting destroyed. I had never seen anything like it before. And it blew my mind that this was going to be a new Sonic game because the last one I'd played was Sonic and Knuckles, you know. So the jump was truly terrifying. Um, obviously, the Saturn was in there between them, but, you know, we don't talk about Sonic R. No one talks about Sonic R. Don't talk about Sonic R. And then, of course, you know, Jet Set Radio. Um, everyone knows my love of Shenmue. Skies of Arcadia. Crazy Taxi. Resident Evil Code Veronica. The House of the Dead. 
being able to play that with a keyboard and play the typing of the dead was a, a wonderful thing. Uh, Choo Choo Rocket was the first online game I ever played. Um, it was just unbelievable to hook up the Dreamcast to the internet. To be able to go on a web browser on the Dreamcast was an incredible thing, um, especially with the keyboard to be able to do it properly and like Google things. Um, Soul Calibur 2, Power Stone, which why isn't Power Stone back yet, Capcom? Why have we not had a remastered version of Power Stone? Of all the fighters that you've made, it's the best one. And I don't understand why it's not been back yet. Fantasy Star Online, Samba de Amigo, for fuck's sake. Come on. That game came with virtual maracas. And that is one of the greatest things I've ever said in my life. Virtual Tennis 2 was amazing. Virtual Tennis as well. Um, Metropolis Street Racer, which of course laid the groundwork for Project Gotham Racing, which then laid the groundwork for Forza Motorsport. Uh, Quake 3 Arena, again, one of the first console online games. Absolutely amazing. Um, Sega Rally back in the day when it was truly wonderful. I mean, in the two years that this thing had life, the sheer amount of great games that it had was beyond belief. And I will stand by it forever. The controller sucks. The virtual memory unit was not as fun as it should have been. I had a little chow on it. I treated it like a Tamagotchi. It was a wonderful thing. I know the limitations of this thing, and I know where Sega went wrong. But when they got it right, there was nothing better than this goddamn console. And for the rest of my life, I will defend it because it's it was an absolute masterpiece. And it should have been remembered as one of the greatest consoles of all time and should have been one of the most successful of all time. And that it wasn't because the goddamn PS2 turned up and kicked its ass. It was devastating. But man... I will never forget it because it made me love video games and it made me go, right, I'm going to, I'm going to be part of this industry in some way for the rest of my life. And here I am today doing a podcast right about it. <laughs> so 15 years later and it's uh yeah, it's a wonderful thing. So yeah, the Dreamcast for me. Good choice. Uh, Choo-choo rocket, man. Choo-choo rocket. Absolutely Fast. stunning. Absolutely stunning. Uh, right then, let's go to our recommendations. Uh, this is where we pick anything that we've seen this week, whether it be a game, a TV show, a movie, a comic book, a chocolate bar, a packet of crisps, something that we've seen that we think you should know about. And so let's uh, let's jump into it. Uh, Miles, you can go first. What's your recommendation this week? Thank you, Ross, for letting me go first. Oh, you're very um, welcome, mate. <laughs> mine is the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, I was super excited when they announced this because I played Mass Effect 2 and 3 back in the day. And Mass Effect 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. I absolutely adore the shit out of that game. And I'd never played the original Mass Effect because it was exclusive to Xbox 360, if I remember right. Um, and I'd always wanted to play it, especially after playing 2 and 3. And I knew all about the story, I knew everything that happened, but I hadn't played it myself. And over the last week, I finally got around to playing it. Um, obviously, because I never played the original, I don't really know the changes. I know they've made quite a few significant um, quality of life uh, improvements to it. And it plays now just like kind of two and three. Um, so they've brought it much more in line with the other two games. And I've just thoroughly enjoyed going back to that world and those characters and that story and actually getting to experience the start of it myself and actually getting to finally experience how fucking annoying the Mako is to drive because I'd always heard memes and gifs and everything else about how bad it was and now I've finally gotten to experience it for myself which is awesome 
Um, but yeah, getting to actually play the start of that trilogy and fully understand the story of it all and where it all ends has really added to, you know, my understanding of the series. Because obviously when there's a lot of things that happen in Mass Effect 2 and 3, which directly link to events from, you know, Mass Effect 1. And it's been really nice playing through and being like, oh, that's that bit now makes sense to this section. And now I understand why these people are like this and why I had to make that decision in 2 or 3. Um, and it's bringing back all the memories of having played 2 and 3, you know, years ago. Um, so yeah, absolutely my recommendation, I think for, I think it's 45 quid, um, you're getting three massively high quality games and, you know, I think Mass Effect 1 took me just under 25 hours to finish, um, cause I did all the side content as I went along as well. So it's going to be more than worth the investment and the money. It still holds up today. It still looks decent. It doesn't look incredible. Some of the animation is janky as hell, but I just I fell in love with it all over again and I can't wait to jump into Mass Effect 2 and 3 again. So yeah, absolutely. If you're umming and ahhing about it, wondering whether it's worth it, just do it. It's absolutely worth it. Love it. Cool. Mass Effect, Definitive Edition or Definitive Trilogy, whatever it's called. Oh no! Go check it out. Uh, Sean Davies, your recommendation for the week. I have three very quick recommendations. So Cadbury's are currently running some kind of promotion where they've got three uh, new flavours out. Uh, there's like Bonoffi, uh, fizzy cherry and no more frowny brownie. My recommendation is that you try- <laughs> yeah, I know that that's the actual name, no more frowny brownie. Um, that's awesome. It, it is genuinely the best trios of chocolates that I've ever tried. You should try them all. The banoffee one tastes like just about banoffee pie. The fizzy uh, cherry has like cherry, uh, like sweets in it, but with uh, you know, the crackly sweet stuff, like the sherbet stuff that crackles in your mouth, it's got bad. Oh, uh, the No More Frowny Brownie has got toffee and brownie in it. It is fucking sublime. Um, try those out. Next up is a band. Well, it's not a band. It's an artist. Uh, my Russian surgeon friend from work has uh, put me onto a band that he uh, likes. He said basically said, do you like The Prodigy? And I said, yes, I like The Prodigy. He says, listen to these. And it's called 3D S-T-A-S. So 3D Stas. They are Russian. And they basically do like industrial breakbeat. So if you like the Prodigy, it's like the early Prodigy stuff. And I know that like the Russians have a, you know, there is a general consensus about Russian music, how they listen to Donk and the old house kind of stuff. This is kind of like that, but progress more. It's, I've, I've been playing it um, while walking and it is perfect, perfect running music. Like it will get your heart rate up and it will get you moving. And lastly, my last recommendation um, I've been playing a game to review called Nightbook. It comes out this week. It's an FMV game from Wales Interactive and Good Gate Media. If you like um, like social media found footage horror films like Unfriended or like found footage horror films in general, this one's worth a look. It's not particularly scary, but it is a really great way to spend an afternoon if you've got some pals around you want to watch like an interactive movie. This is basically what it is. And it's a good time. So I'm going to have a review up soon. There doesn't seem to be an embargo on it, so it'll probably go up way before release. So, um, yeah, Nightbook from Wales Interactive comes out on all the consoles and PC this week. Done. There are my recommendations. Thank you for actually recommending chocolate. I really appreciate that. I know you keep saying chocolate, and I get going, you know what? I'm going to try some just chocolate this week. So Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what I did try this week was uh, Giant Orange Buttons. Cadbury's. They are so good. They are so good, man. Honestly. Oh. In the fridge for like a little bit just so that they go nice and cool. Oh. oh, it was an impulse buy, and I was like, you know what? Yes. 
and warm chocolate though. It's just like they'd be melted all over me. <laughs> man, I absolutely powered through a fish food of Ben and Jerry's yesterday. It just it turned into water like within two minutes, but it was so good. It's like a yeah. Ben and Jerry's milkshake. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cadbury's are orange buttons, man. Giant ones. And they've got giant white buttons as well now. Oh, what a time to be alive. Um, my recommendation is something that's been around for a long time, but I've only just got on board. I'm very late to this particular party. But yesterday I binged Ted Lasso, which is a TV series which you can find on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, it's been talked about for ages. The new series, rather conveniently, is due this Friday. Uh, so I'm looking forward to watching that. But it's just fantastic. It starred Jason Sudeikis as an American who comes over to the UK to manage a football team, um, but knows nothing about football. And it's just the trials and tribulations. And it sounds it sounds kind of corny. And I wasn't sure about it, but it's uh, it's been executive produced by Bill Lawrence, who you'll know from Cougar Town and, of course, uh, Scrubs. Um, it's one of the episodes is directed by Zach Braff. So it's got that kind of Scrubs feel to it all the way through. Um, it's very, uh, very, very funny and also very emotional in places. Um, I was in tears at the end. It was quite something. Um, it kind of hit me uh, pretty hard in on a certain episode. Um, it kind of started doing parallels of my own life. And whenever that happens in a TV show, it just leaves me a bit of a mess. But it's uh, it's really, really funny. And I'd highly, uh, highly recommend that. Uh, the second series is due this Friday, uh, as I said. So it's great. I took out a free trial on Apple TV to watch it. And it, it it hangs over on Friday. So, yeah, that's great. So I'm going to watch um second series on Friday. But if you have access to Apple TV+, Plus, check it out because it's very, very good. Kat, what's your recommendation this week? So I have two. I didn't know we could do food. So I'm going to do food because I cannot talk about these sweets enough. And actually, I think they've gotten rid of them in Morrison's, which makes me extremely sad. So I'm going to have to actually make the trip to Asda and I will do that. Um, and that's Haribo. And I think I think it's called Starmix, but I, I don't know if it's actually called Starmix. And what essentially it is, it's it's uh, vegetarian Haribo. Now, what? I'm not a vegetarian, but the texture and the taste of it is so damn good I actually rate it above most Haribo's. So it's the texture of straws, but then it has the other Haribo's in. So it has a cola, Harry, it has a cola Haribo, it has a straw Haribo, it has this little star, which is like a passiony fruit kind of lemony, orangey Haribo, and then it has something else, which I can't remember. Um, and I cannot tell you how good they are, and they're only 79p for the big bag. And I can't recommend it enough. Honestly, they're so good, but I didn't know we could recommend food on here. So that's my recommendation for food. Funny if mix. you, what are they called? Funny mix. Yes, funny mix, not star mix. Star mix is like the jelly baby in the foam yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Funny mix. Oh god, it's so good. If you love the texture of straws, that's exactly what it is. And each flavor, the cola bottle one, is just so cola bottle. It hurts. Oh, it's just so good. I can't even tell you. It's just the best. And when they're cold as well, it's just that kind of really satisfying chew that you get where you're just like, like, I don't know, like tough jelly. I love it. It's great. Uh, so that's recommendation number one. Um, so if you're feeling hungry now, get yourself to Asda to get yourself some chocolate. Um, no sad brownie or whatever it was. <laughs> no frowny brownie and uh some funny mix um and the second one is i'm also gonna do um a bit of a deep dive from a very old program a very very old program which is actually finished 
but something that I've only just recently gotten into. And I only started it because somebody said the main character reminded them of me. And I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. I, I don't know how I felt about that. And then six years later, I actually started it. And yeah, I was about 30 minutes in and I was like, oh shit, these producers must have met me because this girl is an idiot. Um, and that is New Girl. Um, it's really funny. So I always need something to watch on my lunch Who's break. That girl? <laughs> it's Jess. It's Jess. Um, <laughs> I love it I just I, I always need like so um, when I'm at work I only get like a 30 minute lunch break but if I manage to make food then I can give myself like a little bit longer don't tell the NHS that I spend like an extra five minutes just watching you girl but that's then to me I you know my 30 minutes it's away from the screen away from my computer you know admittedly it's on to another screen but <laughs> it gives me that kind of environment change from when you work from home and um yeah I love it I, I, I started with Shit's Creek and fell in love with that that ended quite my little heart out that that ended because that was possibly the best show of the last like five years and now I'm on to New Girl and it's really funny it's really easy to watch it's only like 30 minutes it's very relatable because she's around um she's around my age anyway that they all are they're kind of in their kind of early 30s late 20s and um yeah it's just a great kind of you know put your brain in a jar show you don't have to think about it um so is that why you feel you relate to Jess yeah because I put my brain in a jar most of the day I don't relate to Jess (laughs) two two to three separate people have said have you ever seen you girl and I've gone no and they're like oh the main character really reminds me of you and then I watched the first episode and I was like thanks guys (laughs) (laughs) thank you um (laughs) so it's a compliment though because you know she's hot you know she's she's good looking girl but I don't think they meant looks I think they just meant her goofy ass personality but there we are (laughs) those are are mine thank you very much yeah new girl's a lot of fun well worth checking out Uh, right then let's move on to out this week and out this week as Sean said is a notebook is that out on everything yes sweet notebook check it out Uh, out today if you're listening to this on the day it goes up is Chris Tells. Toby is not here because he's working very hard on our review for Chris Tells, which hopefully will be up tomorrow. Um, so he's been looking forward to that one for ages. So highly recommended on that one. Uh, Death's Door also comes out tomorrow on July 20th on everything, it looks like. Uh, Pokemon Unite lands on Nintendo Switch if you do need that Pokemon fix. Um, Urban Trial Tricky is due on PC, Xbox One, and all the places on July 22nd. And Last Stop is also due on PC and PS4 on July 22nd. Not long to wait for that one. Looking forward to that. Looks like a lot of fun. Uh, pretty unique, that one. Um, in the Rays of Light, it's coming to Xbox Series X on July 21st. And Orcs Must Die 3 is due on PC, PS4, Xbox One places on July 23rd. So that's our picks for the week. Um, another relatively quiet week, but there's there's uh, cool stuff to come um, next week, including Microsoft Flight Simulator, which none of us can run because it's an Xbox Series X exclusive. And we haven't got one, but if you have one, make sure to check it out next week. And that's it. Thank you very much indeed for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Do not forget, if you do want to follow us, you can do so absolutely everywhere. Just go to our link tree in the description below to find out where. And if you want to follow us individually on Twitter, you can. All of our handles are in the description below, except for Miles, who's smart and not on Twitter. You can follow the team on at FNGRGNS. If you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon for $1 a month? You can keep this podcast live on its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. That would be lovely. Thank you very much indeed. And also, brand new this week, for some reason, we've joined TikTok. And there's one TikTok up right now. Um, if you go to at Talk on TikTok, you can follow it there. It's a lot of fun. 
It's just us doing very, very goofy shit and also keeping you up to date on the week's news in a kind of fun roundup kind of way. And uh, the first one did read quite well. So hopefully, hopefully we'll keep this one up because it looks uh, looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're on TikTok, yeah, go, go follow us on TikTok. That's what we do now. We make TikToks and podcasts. We are just so in and hot right now. But that's it. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. It is goodbye from Miles Thompson. See you later. It's goodbye from Cap. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Bye. We will be back next week with more gaming goodness. Until then, 